0: an Atlanta Radio Theatre Company dramatic production.
1: We'll do a quick sound check before we start the interview. Are you nervous, Professor Dyer?
0: I have spoken on the radio before, Miss Ashton. A good many times, in fact.
1: Not for the last 15 years, though.
0: No, not for the last 15 years.
1: Now, we're going to transcribe the interview for later broadcast. You don't have to worry about any of that. It's just Mm. like making a live broadcast. Are you ready, Charlie? We'll need a sound check. This is Alice Ashton of WCTH, the Voice of New England. How's that?
0: Fine. Say something, Doc. Uh, what do you want me to say? Just
1: uh, anything. He needs to make sure the mics are adjusted. <clears throat> uh,
0: this is Howard Dyer, a Professor Emeritus of Geology at Miskatonic University of Arkham, Massachusetts. Okay, that's fine.
1: This is much more convenient than transcribing to disc. <laughs>
0: yes, I imagine so.
1: <sighs> Levels are good. little echo in here, but that won't hurt anything. I can play with it before we go on the air anyway. Okay. Ready anytime you are Miss Ashton. All right. Are you comfortable, professor? Mm, yes, I suppose so. Rolling Charlie.
0: Ready? And
1: Alice Ashton interviewing Professor Howard Dyer at his home in Arkham, Massachusetts, January 5, 1946. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your reporter Alice Ashton, broadcasting from the home of Professor Howard Dyer in Arkham, Massachusetts. Welcome to New England News, Dr. Dyer. Uh,
0: thank you, Miss Ashton. Uh, I am grateful for the opportunity to speak.
1: As our listeners will remember, you were a celebrity before the war. In fact, some people feel you were as famous as Admiral Byrd. Oh,
0: I wouldn't say that.
1: Well, I'm sure your colleagues at Miskatonic University think of you as a celebrity. You led the famous Dyer expedition of 1930 to Antarctica.
0: yes. I was responsible for that disaster.
1: Perhaps our younger listeners need to be reminded that several of your exploration team unfortunately died on that expedition.
0: Yes, far too many. And if the planned renewal of Antarctic exploration goes forward, many more will die, perhaps everyone.
1: Everyone on the projected bird expedition, you mean? Everyone on Earth.
0: "'The Miskatonic expedition of 15 years ago "'was the first to reach the mountains. "'The the, the mountains of madness, poor young Danforth called them. "'And there we found such terror "'that as head of the project I chose to keep silence. "'But now that the war is over "'and expeditions are planned once again, I I must speak. "'We sailed from Boston Harbour on September 2nd, 1930.' And taking a leisurely course down the coast and through the Panama Canal. The expedition team commanders included Professors Pabody and Lake of the Miskatonic Biology Department, Atwood of the Physics Department, and as leader of the expedition, myself, representing geology. We had, besides, 16 assistants and mechanics, four Dornier airplanes, and the materials and equipment for two entire seasons of Antarctic exploration— among the graduate students who accompanied us was poor Stephen Danforth, my chief assistant and pilot. On November 7th, Danforth and I were at the rail as our ship passed Franklin Island. Bleak, isn't it, Dr. Dyer? Bleak and forbidding, Danforth, and a little frightening. Like the plateau of Lang. I beg your pardon? The cold wastes are places of terror. And none more so than that dread upland plateau of Leng, the frozen place where the old ones walk. That's from the Necronomicon. Oh, yes. I've never read that. Strange how the old myth cycles all see the frozen poles as places of terror. You know, Edgar Allan Poe's The Narrative of A. Gordon Pym reaches its terrible climax at the South Pole.